Hey guys, thank you for listening to Mental Health Monday, the podcast. Uh, we're back. B and Ben are doing a Zoom call this week. Um, on this week's podcast, uh, we do talk about some sensitive topics, uh, death of a family member being the majority of one. Uh, ben goes into some personal details, um, and by details, I mean details uh, regarding an incident that occurred. Uh, so if this is a sensitive topic to you, we just wanted to pre-warn you after our uh, three, two positives and a negative, uh, we do dive directly into that. So if that's going to impact you on any way, feel free to skip this episode and join us back next week. Thanks. All right, we're doing it. We made it happen, only a little bit delayed, but we're doing the damn thing. Yep. It's different. It's weird. We (laughs) apologize for any inconvenience, but no fault to our own. First was weather, and then we had the family matter that we'll talk about a little bit, and then we had more weather, and then I had a schedule uh, issue, so... We're back. You might hear this Monday. You might not. But and if the audio sounds weird to you, uh, it's because we're not in the same room today. I am at home and Ben is at home and I like it, but it's I'm too comfortable right now. Like I'm in my element. I got my heater in front of me. I got my I'm on my couch. I'm holding a truly and I've got my phone in my hand like and I'm in the dark. So as yeah, it should be. I see that. So it doesn't matter. People won't see this. I think we just save it for our personal use. True. Just somewhere in the cloud or on my phone or on my computer somewhere. I mean, to, to be fair, like when when I got home, I had to, like, I couldn't get up my driveway. So I had to, like, I had my car sat at the end of the drive, like at the bottom of the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> and got out of my car in the dark and, like, tried to shovel as much as I could. But it's, like, basically like a layer of ice and then snow mm-hmm. <laughs> and then throw a bunch of salt down. So that was, that was super fun. I shoveled a, a half-ass job path from my sidewalk to my car and then a little bit. So like there's a walkway, but I, and yeah. it was before it went iced over. It was like around one one thirty this afternoon when it was like freshly melted or like soft. So I shoveled all the snow off. And so I just uncovered all the ice that was on the bottom. Yep. So it made yep. it so much worse. But I got a, <laughs> I got a guy coming over or a kid coming over tomorrow. I said $25 for the driveway and walkway. And he said, I'll bet. So, nice. but dude, my Subaru is a beast. Like the past two days, like at work, um, I picked two of my associates up today and the roads were fine, but their subdivisions were not. And mine was decent um at best but yesterday i mean that thing there were no roads when i went home last night you i was making my own lane and i love that uh i'll upload gopro video because i did uh, gopro footage of me driving yesterday just for fun and but the subaru is a monster in snow like it loves snow and ice it handled so well uh shout out to subaru sponsor us give me a new car i need one 
Yeah, uh, my, uh, my Corolla has been, uh, it's been decent, uh, surprisingly well in the snow. Um, I was last night heading home on 275 and I was, uh, there was a couple spots where I was like, I think I might die right now. <laughs> yeah. Like it I was is. like, there was a semi like to the right of me and mm-hmm. I like started kind of drifting mm. and I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. Yeah. This is, this, this, is, this great. is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, I almost died on Monday, I think it was, or Tuesday. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember which day, but I walked to work and I uh, walked home because that was when it was like 50 degrees out. And now it's like yeah. negative five, which is Ohio for you. Yeah. Um, but I walked to work and I was walking back home and I'm on Main Street and there was a drunk driver that literally like right by um, where I'm not the old marshes used to be, but where the uh, bargain hunt is now. Well, he was yeah. in the left lane and he hit the curb and he's not even like he's probably like at the speed he's going at probably 40, 45, about oh, wow. 100, 200 yards from me. And he veered up onto the curb. And I'm looking at him head on, like, and I'm, I start to like, I, I was like, <laughs> oh, do shit. I run? Do I move? And then he corrected himself, swore back on the road. And I was like, well, that was, that was almost it for me. Like, and I, and part of me was like, why did I try to move? Like that could have been my time. Like, <laughs> 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 so that was fun. And then it's just like one of those life events that happened that traumatized you. And I'll think about like three weeks from now, but at the time it was yeah. just like, I just kept walking home. Like there's another day, like that's <laughs> <laughs> just our lives. Uh, I knew a kid, so. I knew a kid in school who, uh, I think it was right over there by that marsh. Um, he was walking home from school and got hit by a van. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was out of school for like a couple of weeks because he was in the hospital and uh, got like a bunch of insurance money from it because I don't know if he was, if the guy was drunk or just like not paying attention or whatever, but maybe that's like a cursed, like. Hey. Area of of Hamilton. <laughs> like this was like a, if you're driving like a truck with a utility bed on it too. So the bed, that kind oh, was snap. super heavy. So it would have like at the speed he was going, he would have done some damage on me. But I always tell myself if I ever get hit by a car, you always jump up. But then again, I'm like, well, I'm five seven, and this truck is at least six five. So I'm not sure how I'm jumping, but we'll figure yeah. it out. He might jump straight through the windshield. <laughs> That'll get him to stop, I'm sure. And then he hits the brakes, and then I fly off, and it's a whole 21 Jump Street scene. <laughs> I love that scene. If anybody caught that reference, I hope they did, because that was a funny, that was a good joke. Uh, yeah, I feel like driving in Ohio, like I, I've been driving in the snow for years, mm-hmm. and I feel like now... It's like such an Ohio thing to be like driving behind someone that, you know, like I'm pretty cautious, like when the roads are, are icy and stuff, but like, I'm, I'm not like ridiculous. I'm not driving like 20 on the highway or something. I'm I'm not behind somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like behind somebody on the highway this morning and they're going probably like, I don't know, 45, 50. And I'm like, dude. Get, I, I like veer around them like come on <laughs> like yeah you're driving like this guy's driving like a honda crv that might might have a four-wheel drive i'm not sure mm-hmm. but like driving an su or suv 
and I'm here in my Corolla, little tiny sedan, and I'm like passing your ass. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you're going too slow. I got behind a snowplow on one of the hills yesterday and uh, on the way to pick up uh, one of my uh, the employee and I'm on this hill and it's a decent hill and there's enough traction and there's tire tracks at least. So like I'm making it up just fine, but there was like a, uh, like a private, uh, uh, uh Leon snowplow in front of me who was going like 35 up this hill or 30 up this hill. And I was like, dude, if you don't keep going where, and there was a big old truck, like a Ram truck behind me, like a brand new one. So I was like, Dude, if you don't pick up the pace and just plow up this hill, we're all coming down this. So that, I always hate that too. It's like if you like people don't know, like he was in a snowplow. I thought he would have more common sense, but then you work with humans every day for it was just forty years, and you're like, yeah, not all humans have common sense. Uh, yeah, <sighs> absolutely not. But so here we are again, just you and me. Uh, no faults our own. I did book a guest. Don't worry, guys. I'm actively booking. I haven't forgotten my one job that I have. It just it didn't work this week, but we we're on it. We we got something lined up, so don't worry about that. And uh, so yeah, we're back at it again this week. It's just going to be conversation. We're going to talk about a few things. That was super big. Wow. Can't wait for the great content. <laughs> we're gonna already. talk about we're gonna talk about a topic for, wait, a, for an amount of time, <laughs> and then there, we're gonna discuss a few things within that topic. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! I'm yeah, gonna talk, tell, and then Karsten's gonna talk, uh, <laughs> and that's that. Then we're gonna call this a podcast, and then yes. we're gonna upload it, and then great content. Wow, this might be our best episode yet. What is <laughs> like? What if you just release a podcast just called podcast? <laughs> just I mean, podcast sure. and just What's your like podcast epi- called podcast. Yeah. Huh. Epi- and it's like episode one. Dude, episode that's like my, two. that's like my last name. Like people always say, what's your last name? And I'm like, it's long. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, what okay, is it? Spell like, it out it's, for me. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like L-O-N-G. And they're like, oh, it's literally long. And I was like, that's what I said like you piece of shit like they don't get it but I, do I you remember say, do yeah. you remember um because i don't i don't remember if you went to the high school or not mm-hmm. hamilton at hamilton did you for a no, little bit i went to the freshman building but i didn't go to the hamilton high so i don't you might have heard of heard of her or knew her but there was a girl in our in our grade that her name was ida no like it was Ida, like I D A, like a like Idaho, yeah. And then no, last name was No N O E, so it was I literally like I, I'm just thinking about like what if you get like a traffic stop and they're like what can I get your name? You're like I don't know. <laughs> 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 like all right, quit playing stupid with me. What's your name? <laughs> Ida No. Just <laughs> like all right, what? I don't need you to step out of the car. We need Whoa. you to take a sobriety test immediately. Uh, God, I hope she wasn't black. <laughs> Shot on sight. <laughs> Jesus, man. Oh, black God. history week, month. Week. We got, we got man, it. We, we got had a week off, it. and you just came right back in with the just <laughs> <laughs> full flared. Uh, oh my, mom, my God! Not my fault. My mom has Fox News upstairs right now, and 
Oh man, I've been on one lately. I was I hung around Seth and Nicole today, so I'm very unfiltered right now too. So, uh, but yeah, so here we are. The we're gonna do this podcast. We're gonna discuss things. We're gonna have a few conversations, and then I'm gonna talk. Ben's gonna talk, and then we're gonna hit end, and we're gonna gonna have another awkward end. But yeah, uh, I trapped my cat down here, or one of them. So he's just. She was just wandering around. Kind of cool. You might hear her meow. Priscilla, like the, we brought, we brought like her the opposite of, It's like the opposite of Luna, where you have to trap her out, or she'll come up here and jump on the table and probably, I don't know, stop the podcast while we're recording or something. Yeah, Priscilla is our, is our outdoor cat, but with the weather, we brought her in. And she yeah. hates our other male cat, uh, Mouse, but they've been getting along because they're like, well, neither of us want to be outside, so they tolerate each other. So it's been, it's been interesting, to say the least. i got to find somebody to watch my dogs in April. We'll talk about that. So anyway, moving on. Uh, two positives, negative into a positive. Um, my first positive of the week month year uh is that i is as effect of this past week and next week uh, my job title has switched over and i am full-time manager on duty still at hamilton right now but uh so i am monday through friday and two to ten because our store hours change um but i close the store every night as this closing store manager, which has been a tremendous amount of responsibility. It's something that I've done already and something that I've prepared for. And uh, I, I, in my mind, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing is I'm doing it really well and I'm doing it right. But at the same time, I'm like, I just, it's, it's very overwhelming to be in that position or that power of position, even though I've been doing it, it's like, this is a tremendous amount of responsibility. And last night I ran into, like, this was a bad week for me to start the role that I'm in too because of the weather and just the craziness that happened. So we got slammed on Tuesday and Wednesday. And on Monday yep. we had a manager's meeting and we said, well, we're going to get slammed on Wednesday because it's the day before it's all supposed, all hell is supposed to break loose. We didn't predict for Tuesday. So we sat, looked at the schedule and we pulled everybody that we could in for Wednesday, didn't touch Tuesday. We got slammed on Tuesday with half the staff that we should have had. And I mean, slammed. Like Tuesday was by far the worst day ever. Um, but I handled it. We did it. We survived it. Wednesday came the people that we called in, we had three of them call off already, but we were still a little bit more prepared and we were definitely less busy than Tuesday, but we had more problems occur on Wednesday. And then Thursday, literally I was the only manager in the store from two to 10. And I closed, I Kroger for the second time ever closed its doors at 10 o'clock until 6 a.m. And the only time we've ever closed is on Christmas. So, yeah, that's how bad it was last night. All of night crew called off every single one of them. So I had to close the store by myself. 
And then today I didn't do shit after six o'clock. So seven o'clock, I'll say. I got food at six thirty. <sighs> so seven o'clock, I didn't do anything from seven to ten. But I don't care. It was a it was a stressful week. So that's a positive though. Like I, I'm in a new role. I'm happy. I'm more comfortable. I'm learning more. I have tremendous amount of respect from my in my team previously and rapport. So it's a really good thing. And I'm excited for the transition. And even though I don't like to be off on weekends, I still I, I'm okay with it. I'd rather be closing and off on weekends than the other way around and have weekdays off. I don't know. No, I'd rather have weekdays off, but I mean, it is what it is. And I love my closing team, so I'll take it. My second positive is that uh, I already got my vacation books for March, and then I've got a three-day vacation lined up for April now. We're going to Nashville with my mom. Uh, we are going to Nashville. With, I'm going to Nashville with my mom or taking my mom to Nashville. Uh, the comedian that we saw, Nate Bargatze, one of his openers, Mike Vickione, he is doing a live special tape recording in Nashville at Zany. And Nate is producing and directing that. And I listened nice. to the podcast and he said that. And he said, you can go check out those tickets. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like another $175. So I researched it on the spot. And I was like, if they're affordable, maybe I'll take my mom there. Go on the website, look at the tickets. They were $15 a piece. So I bought oh, them wow. without thinking. Yeah. So it was like nice. they were just filling the room for the special event. So bought those tickets and... That's going to be the cheapest part. So we'll go down Monday, day Tuesday, and then come back Wednesday for uh, the event. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then she she knows about that one. What she doesn't know is that Brian Regan is coming to Cincinnati, and those tickets are only like $40 a piece or something, like pretty inexpensive for a, a B-list comedian. And yeah. so I'm going to go get ahead and get those <laughs> tickets for her as well. Just to keep it, I think he's coming in. I mean, he might be also be coming in April, March, February. I don't know. He's coming a little bit later. But so that's my second positive is I got two more uh, comedian shows lined up for the year, and then get to take my mom to both of those. So uh, just based off of the last one, I think it'll be a fun tradition this year to go with that. Hmm. A negative that I turned into a positive. Where do I freaking even start on that one with this week? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I've been, I haven't been in a, I don't know if I've been in like a really positive mood uh, lately, but I mean, I guess I could tie it into where like the stress of my new role and, how it's negative effect of like me questioning my judgment, my skill and my decision making, and then being kind of, I guess I feel I take everything. I've talked about this. I take things really personally into heart and I'm my own worst critic with the way I do things like tonight and last night, I feel super guilty that I didn't do anything tonight. And that's on me, and that was my responsibility. I didn't walk the store. I didn't close the garage door. I there's 50 things that I could have done, and I was like, well, I got to get home to the podcast. And it's been, like at the end of the week, after five days straight, and this week that we had, it's just like I shut down. 
So like, I'll take that personally. But then today, uh, an associate came up to me, one that I don't really even interact with or talk with that much. Um, but uh, he came up to me and he was uh, given a break on self-checkout. He comes up to me and he goes, Carson. And he places his hand on my shoulder and he takes a deep breath. And I'm like, I don't talk to this dude. What is happening right now? I don't like this. What is happening? And he goes, I just wanted to tell you, I really appreciate you, man. And you do a lot for us and the store. And so thank you. And then he walked away and I was like, I appreciate that. And then said his name after that, because I'm, I always say people's name when we have conversation because it's personal, but And it was like one of those moments where I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? I don't even talk to this guy, but he still is very appreciative of me. And I think it was because I handled a customer situation for him on uh, yesterday or on Wednesday. Um, No, Thursday. And he just was really thankful for me. But I don't know. Like people are even one of my coworkers that had high animosity when I first became a backup and a manager um she never got along with me she always resented me she always thought that she was deserving of it well on monday uh when she closed i worked with her up front almost the entire time except for trucks so she was never alone i let her run the show i i was just there and i was bagging i ran breaks i did you know whatever she asked well she ended up texting some of my other front end associates and said hey I just want to say you will never hear me say this, but Carson did a great job and really helped me tonight. And I was really appreciative and thankful for all this work. And she talked about me in a positive way for the first time to my other associates. So it's like hearing that sort of praise and just knowing that being in a new role and I'm already, people are already liking what I do and how I do things. It just, it made, it, it means a lot to me. So the negative is, I hate that I don't know what I'm doing or I feel like I'm always second guessing things or I have to make these very, some, some of them are very difficult and costly decisions even, but Mm -hmm. everybody around me is telling me I'm doing a great job and is really thankful and like loves the way I manage the store. So I guess that's my negative to a positive is that, and no matter what I think that I'm doing wrong, people don't see what I see and so and they are also vocal that I'm doing a good job with it so and it helps makes me feel good nice yeah uh so for me positives um I guess uh well one positive today I did uh, officially book the Airbnb for LDB um so that's you know all the all the plans are like together for that. Um, Do you have a group going together with you this time or meeting up? Yeah, so I mean, there's a big group of us that are like all kind of like going to meet up at the uh, show, but I think I have like four or five other people that are going to be staying um, at the Airbnb. So okay. uh, I I kind of pan I kind of like last minute panicked because I was going to book it yesterday. Um, but I wanted to wait to like one of us get got paid again. And there was a place that I was kind of like, there were a couple places that I had looked into and there was one place I was kind of like dead set on because it was like pretty affordable and there was like driveway parking, which is important. Cause like, uh, 
there's going to be at least, you know, at least like three or four cars that need to park at the Airbnb. So I was like, you know, uh, driveway parking is kind of like a must for sure. Um, and then I went to book that place today and it was like, it got snatched up <laughs> probably by somebody else that was, uh, booking for the festival, okay. I'm assuming. And so I was like, shit, uh, I really hope like there's still places available. Like this isn't the one day that everybody decides like, oh yeah, I'm going to book my Airbnb. But then yeah. I'm like, these are hardcore kids. They're not all smart. Like they're, yeah. they're all, there's going to be some that wait till the last minute. So there was a, another place that I had looked into that was still available. So, uh, I had chatted back and forth with the host because normally we book through my wife because she has like an Airbnb account. And so I, I guess like it, it's like Uber, like you can review guests as well, like in case they trash the place, like you can leave a bad review so that when they go to book somewhere else, like the person's going to see that and be like, oh, well, I don't want them to trash my house. So like, mm-hmm. fuck that. I'm not going to let them host. So I booked it with my account, which I had never booked before on my own account. Uh, and so she was like, you don't have any reviews. Like, have you ever seen Airbnb? I was like, oh, plenty of times. And like, all I had to do was basically like, add my wife as a guest, even though like she's not going to be a guest so yeah. that she could see like that. We she could are, vouch you know, for you. we're courteous, you know, we're courteous uh, guests and we always, you know, leave the place how we, how we found it. Like we're very meticulous about when we rent a place to leave it. Like it's like spotless, you know? Yeah. So got that all, all uh, squared away and figured out. So uh, that's definitely a positive one less thing I have to have to kind of like stress about. Um, uh, another positive is um, I, I I bought a couple of concert tickets this past week. Uh, I bought a ticket for like really last minute because I think they just announced it, but Vane is doing a couple shows coming up, or they're actually going on tour. But like I found out that they're playing. I think in Kentucky on like the 26th of this month. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I've, I was like, well, I've never seen them before. So I was, and like tickets are like, I don't know, like $15 or like really cheap. So I picked yeah. up that and then I ended up last minute. Well, <laughs> I like have to figure out, honestly, like uh, I probably won't take the day off work, but uh, the, there's a, the day seeker tour is happening, uh, which they're taking out, um, Holding Absence, Thornhill, and uh, I can't remember who else, but they're playing Columbus sometime in April, like in the mm-hmm. middle, like a, on a weekday. So I'm trying to think of any other ones that I, I don't think there's really any more. Uh, I do have my first, we have our first show coming up, which is Foxy Shazam. That's on the 12th. So that's kind that's of pretty Saturday, soon. isn't it? Yeah. I might yeah, go to that. Uh, I've been on the fence. I noticed it didn't sell out yet, and I was like, okay, that's weird, because they... Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Well, as of last week, it was not sold out, or the resale tickets huh. are very reasonable then, because I looked uh, okay. at it. Yeah, because I think it's... Icon, I think right? it's been... Yeah, because I, I think it's officially been sold out, like, for a while, because it was booked, like, for, like, 2020, I think, mm-hmm. and it's and been rescheduled... It's been but rescheduled so many times. Yeah, so like originally what happened is they planned it for like, I think it was supposed to be April or May of century. 2020. Yes, and 
then uh, shutdown happened, and they were like, okay, we're going to move it to October, which, like, at the time, people were kind of thinking, like, oh, yeah, it should be <laughs> cleared up by then. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's hard. It's, that's scary to think about. Um, so they just moved it, and then uh, coming up closer to the show, they canceled it. Like, they didn't reschedule it. They canceled it. Mm-hmm. And then when they rescheduled it, before they rescheduled it again, they put it at a new venue and they basically just uh, put up new ticket sales. So we went on there and made sure that we got tickets because we have been waiting literally yeah. like two years, two years to, for this. And uh, I, because the, the tickets for that were canceled or not or all refunded. And then with Icon picking yeah. it up, not only is it a bigger venue from 20, a significantly bigger venue than oh, yeah. 20th century. So they didn't honor any of those other tickets because those were, it was a different venue and it was a different uh, production company that was putting it on. So, which it it kind of, it kind of worked out. I can't remember if, I don't know, you probably know, because have you been to Icon? Like, is it like seating? Like, they have actual seating? So Icon's a brilliant. So what they did is they have two balconies and then they have four general standing rooms. So it's like Bogarts only with an additional balcony, but the yeah. balconies are assigned seatings. So okay. it's and there's yeah, I think three we separate got, rows. I think we got first balcony because initially Shazam, you wanna be sitting or you wanna be standing yeah. or have seats. You that's not a four four concert really. Yeah. So like I think like what happened is well, I think we're still first balcony, but I think like originally we had had better seats, but like something happened with the site or whatever. So we ended up losing out on those ones, but we ended up finding like still pretty decent ones. Mm. Um, so we're, we're super excited for that. I mean, like obviously we've been waiting forever for Foxy to come back. Cause like mm-hmm. it was kind of inevitable. Cause like they even said like when they went on hiatus, like we're not done. Like we're just kind of like on an indefinite hiatus kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah. A uh, negative turned into a positive. Um, so, well, I'll obviously save the, you know, big negative for the, our conversation. But sure. um, yesterday, went back to work officially. Uh, I mean, negative for multiple reasons, because <laughs> I didn't want to go back to work. And also because the weather was shit. Uh, but turning that into a positive, uh, I had a lot to catch up on and we basically had like, uh, nobody come in <laughs> because of the weather. So I actually mm-hmm. got to get caught up on everything. Um, and then today was kind of the same. Like it was really slow today. I, I pro I mean, I think I, you know, I did work, but I, most of the time I just kind of sat there. <laughs> like it yeah. was, it was very slow. And I think we closed about it. We closed like an hour earlier than, than usual. Yesterday we closed at like three. Uh, so three hours earlier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was a fun drive home. Um, but yeah, that's the, the negative going back to work after this week. But <clears throat> the positive being actually got to, um, get, get caught up done. on my work. Yeah. Get stuff done. And, um, you know, just kind of focus on something else for, for a change. 
I think that's so weird how our jobs are so different to where like being a kind of in an office and like your setting versus the retail setting and being a store manager. Like my, like yesterday we were so slow and I had five associates, including me after, after four o'clock for the entire day and the entire mm-hmm. store. And that we like, we would have five people come in, four people leave, three people come in. Like we only did, I, I won't say I mean, we did, uh, we, we missed budget by 120,000. That's how slow yesterday was. And so when it's that slow and like everybody's just kind of bullshit and just kind of kicking it. And you had, I had one register open on and off all day just for big orders. And then one set of self checkouts open and then one person in the office. And then like, I, that would have been a great day for me to do a detailed walk at the store. It would have been a great day for me to condition. I could have filled milk. I could have done displays. Like I could have gotten so much stuff done, but there was no energy or like, I, I you just, I was so dead where you didn't have the adrenaline yeah. of wanting to do stuff and getting stuff done. But when we're busy, I do more work when we're busy than I do when we're completely dead. So, and then you are completely dead and you're not busy. So you're like, okay, I can get caught up on all this stuff. It's just, it's crazy to think differences of like how people get their work done. Like, I just think that's so funny, but yeah. So we're doing it. Now we're going to have a talk and, have some conversation because that's what a podcast is. So here we go, <laughs> transitioning into a conversation. Um, I don't know. You just you want to go ahead and just drop it right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, those of those of you who uh, are you know close with me or on Facebook know this, but uh, for those of you that don't, that don't uh, my dad passed away. Uh, early Sunday morning. Uh, let's see. The, yeah, like I guess by the time this drops, probably like a, a week or so. <clears throat> but anyways, so basically kind of like what, like the whole story, what happened, which is not really a long story because it was actually like, uh, I mean, it was, it was for the most part like pretty unexpected. Um, so uh, every, like it kind of started the weekend before um my one brother, Ron, who was from my dad's first marriage, so he's uh, older, he went over because my uh, my dad uh, gave him a call, and I guess, like, he was, uh, he wanted him to bring him a Penn Station, a sandwich from Penn Station. Uh, so he brought him over a sandwich, and uh, my dad was just kind of, like, laying around, like, he, he was just laying in bed, like, all the lights were off, and, you know, he was complaining about being in a lot of pain, like his back was hurting and his, uh, his ribs were hurting and he'd actually, uh, he had tried to get up. He said he had tried to get out of bed to get something to eat and fell. And that's why he called my brother. So he actually fell and they found out when he went to the hospital that he actually, uh, fractured a couple of ribs when he fell, um, mm-hmm. out of bed. So he was in a lot of pain and my brother called my sister Connie, and he was like, uh, "He's like, hey, I'm really worried about Dad. I think he needs to go to the hospital." So, I think that was 
Thursday or Friday, actually, not Saturday. I think I was thinking it was Saturday, but it was um, like Friday. So, I think it was Friday, yeah, when I got the yeah. key, you texted me. So my uh, sister went over on uh, the sun, the Sunday before he passed, went over to his apartment because my, my dad had been staying in an apartment by himself um, mm-hmm. just because of some disagreements that, you know, doesn't matter. But uh, so she went over with her husband, who's my brother-in-law, and, um, and then I think my brother went over there as well, him and his wife. And they were talking to him, and that uh, they they said like, uh, you know, we need to, like, you need to get up. We need to go to the hospital. And um, my dad was like, No, I don't want to go to the hospital. Like, my dad has <clears throat> always been very like anti. Like, he hates going to the doctor. He hates going to the hospital. Um, he's like, I'm not going. Uh, and if you call squad, I'll refuse. Uh, mm-hmm. Which he's, you know, he's lucid. He's an adult. If he says no, like, they won't take him. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't force him. Um, if he wasn't of sound mind, of course, you know, it'd be a different story. But, um, at the time he was of sound mind. So he said like, uh, so my brother-in-law actually, he used to be an EMT. He was in the army. And when he, uh, got out of the army, he was an EMT for many years. And so he kind of knew how to deal with, uh, difficult people. So he was in there talking to my dad for a while and he said like, I'll make you a deal or no, he was like, what if we do this? What if we do this? And my dad said, let me make you a deal. He's like, if in the morning, um, which this was Sunday. So he said in the morning, so Monday morning, uh, if I still feel bad, like if I, if I don't feel any better, then you can call squad. So, uh, they went back over in the morning. Uh, obviously was not feeling any better, of course. Uh, so they called squad to take him to, uh, Mercy Fairfield and they kind of followed him over there. They were in the emergency room and, you know, he was, like, uh, complaining of pain. He was, like, kind of disoriented, just kind of, like, moaning, groaning, saying he was in a lot of pain. And so they admitted him finally after a while. And, uh, you know, I was at work, so I was, you know, my, my sister was calling me and telling me about all this stuff that was going on. And so um, they admit him, and he was, uh, I think, by, like, Monday night or Tuesday, they put him on um, just a basic, like what they call a cannula oxygen, which is like, you know, if you ever see someone on oxygen with like the tube that goes around their ears and up their nose, it was was just that because he wasn't getting enough oxygen. um, And they tested him Monday. They tested him for uh, COVID because any like it's a hospital, like anybody that comes into the hospital has to get uh, like patient wise has to get COVID tested. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they tested him for COVID. Um, and I think it only took about 24 hours or so to come back and, uh, he did test positive. So they had to put him into the COVID unit, which is like a unit that's like, I think, uh, 20 or so rooms in like a circle Mm -hmm. and they're, and they're all COVID patients. So they have these like sliding glass doors and you like, they basically say like, we can't tell you not to go in but we highly suggest you do not go into the room. Yeah. Um, and if you, and if you do like, you need like full PP, like you need like the gown and gloves and yeah. like a N95, <clears throat> KN95 mask, um, like a proper mask and everything. So, uh, they put him into that isolation unit on Tuesday, I believe. Um, 
I said he had COVID. He was not getting much oxygen. So they had him on the oxygen. And um, also, like, my dad has a... Uh, I, th- I can't remember if it was, like, mesothelioma or something. Um, mm-hmm. But he had... One of his lungs was, like, not great. <laughs> not in great condition yeah. already. So, and as you know, COVID attacks the part in the lungs. So, um, he basically... We liked, we didn't think he had COVID because he didn't have any like typical COVID sy- symptoms. Symptoms, but, yeah. But um, we actually found out from a, a hospice nurse like a few days later that um, bone, like bone pain, can be a, a symptom of COVID. So like he would, that's what he was like, why his back was hurting so bad because he was getting pain in his like his joints and his bones. And um, you thought, and he, everybody else was thinking it, was, it could have been in correlation because of the fall. Yeah, yeah, because I had seen him on Christmas Eve, and he had complained a little bit about back pain. So mm-hmm. I, like, my thoughts, like, hindsight is that he may have had it then, or yeah. it was, or was like, close to it, you know, because um, he had complained about it a little bit, but, like, nothing, you know, too serious. He was still up and walking and everything. Um, so had no idea how long he had COVID for. But um, we were kind of taking turns because you could only have one person in the unit per day and they could only Mm -hmm. visit for like an hour. So we had to coordinate like who was going up each day. So uh, my sister was up there Monday, Tuesday, and then I went up there uh, Wednesday night, I believe, or Thursday. No, I think I went up there Thursday. And then my brother went up there Friday, Charlie. Mm -hmm. And... um, so when I went up there Thursday, he was uh, sleeping, like he was sedated because they have they had him on this medication for COVID, um, but he was really disoriented. So they put him on um, Ativan because he was trying to pull his IVs and stuff out, um, and they also had like a catheter as as well because uh, they had him pretty much just sedated because when he wasn't sedated, he was like uh, fidgety and stuff. So. They had him on both of those. So, like, with the pain medication and the Ativan, like, he was pretty much out of it, like, uh, most of the day and the night, like, just resting. Yeah. So, um, I went up there Thursday. He slept the whole time. I just, like, stood outside the room for a little, for, like, an hour. Um, and then Friday, my brother went up, and, he, you know, same story, basically. Like, he was still low on oxygen, and... um just sleeping. So then at that point, basically the story from the hospital was like, he was still low on oxygen, but he was in a, like a stable state basically. Um, Mm -hmm. so we were kind of like, you know, a little hopeful that like things would get better. And then, uh, Saturday morning, my sister sent us all a tech or no Friday night. I'm sorry basically said like uh, the doctor had called and said that he like his COVID case was too bad. Like it was terminal, Mm -hmm. Um, which, yeah, that was a great text to get, Um, you know, and basically said that, you know, uh, they're keeping him sedated and comfortable and we're going to set up a meeting with hospice as soon as possible. Um, yeah, because we we really wanted to get him out of the hospital, not only for that reason, but also like 
up until like we actually lost him, like they like the communication was just like really off with the hospital. So we wanted to just get him out and yeah. into a place that like we could visit him too. Like we could actually see him, you know, hold his hand or, you know, with, with gloves on, of course, um, yeah. because of him having COVID, but like actually be able to have multiple people visit, talk to him, even if he's not able to hear us, like we're actually, you know, um, you know, like the human body like has an interesting way of, you know, even when it, the, person is not hearing you like they still kind of like you know their brain's always moving so mm-hmm. um we set up a meeting with hospice saturday at like one o'clock we all met at my sister's uh place yeah. and talked to about our options and everything we kind of had like a, a a plan like we were going to have a care conference asap which is like basically you sit down with the doctor the yeah, the, the doctor, hospice nurse, social worker, like as many people as possible and go over like his plan. Because basically like he had said, the doctor had said like his case was terminal, but they didn't give us any type of timeline. Uh, um, yeah. Because I mean, terminal <clears throat> can mean a lot of things. It could mean like three months, three weeks, three days, three hours. Like we didn't really understand. So we wanted to get like a better uh, idea because um, hospice care doesn't have extended stay, like unless you put them in a nursing home. Because a nursing yeah. home, they can stay as long as they want and still be on hospice care. Uh, and then the other thing is like you put them in a hospice facility, which like they normally keep patients like one to three days, um, don't perform any life-saving measures, anything like that. Like basically just keep them comfortable until they naturally pass. Um, so that's what our plan was, was to get an idea of like, okay, you know, if it is going to be a couple of days, then we'll put him in a hospice facility where we can go visit him. You know, hopefully he'll stay for a couple more days where my other sister lives down in Florida. <coughs> Excuse me. My mouth is getting so dry. Um, take a sip of my, my beer here. Because um, my other sister lives down in Florida, so we wanted to, like, give her time to, like, fly up here and see him. Um so got done with the meeting, kind of had like a, a game plan, sort of. Um, then Saturday, I'm sitting at home uh, about, I would say it's about 1130 midnight. And mm-hmm. my mom tech, my mom sends a group text because we, we kind of had like two group chats going between my dad's side and my mom's side. And my mom sent a text saying that basically dad's like his uh, blood pressure and heart rate was like all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. and they put him on a more, more aggressive form of oxygen oxygen cause they didn't want to put him on a ventilator. We didn't want them to put him on a ventilator, um, for like various reasons. Yeah. But they put him on a more aggressive form of oxygen, which, uh, I can't remember what they called it. I want to say it was like a bronchial something or other, but I'm probably wrong. Um, any nurses that are listening can correct me, but um, basically like an aggressive form of oxygen to keep him, like keep his oxygen and heart rate up to where we could all get to the hospital and kind of decide like where we wanted to go from there. Mm-hmm. So then my uh, mom called and she said, hey, like Charlie's coming to pick me up. Connie's getting dressed like we're going to go to the hospital and we live right down the street. So you know, we got dressed really quick and, and head down to the hospital. And this is like one in the morning, one thirty in the morning. And about uh, one so early. because 
Yeah, you called me <coughs> close to the one forty, one thirty. Yeah, so it was better than that one. Yeah, it was like it was like one a.m. when we got to the hospital. We had to go in like the emergency room uh, entrance because like the rest of the hospital was closed, obviously. And uh, Katrina and I got up there, and we, you know, everybody got there, and we went in and we saw him, and uh, we, I mean, it was, I mean, it was really hard. Like he. You know, it was like very slow, labored breaths. Um, and he was on like, like I said, like the other form of oxygen. Because like the nurse basically said, um, you know, you can either keep him on this form of oxygen. And, you know, it could be like he might make it six hours or like through the night. Or she's like, oh, I've seen people go three or four days, you know, on this oxygen. It's like, we can do that, or we can put him back on the cannula, which is like the normal oxygen, because uh, he was already pushing like 15 liters of oxygen just on the cannula, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically said, like, if we put him back on that, like, he's in the position right now that he will go pretty quickly. Like, he will he will naturally pass probably, like, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't you know, like she was offering to just go ahead and pull the plug and uh, she was just giving a it, it's almost like her bedside manner was so edit her etiquette and bedside manner was so polite where she said hey i'm not gonna just take him off oxygen yeah but if you want this to end this is how i would do it let's put him back on the cannulite and let it happen naturally if you don't yeah. want him to suffer is what I yeah. uh, what I read from that. Yeah, exactly. Like she was very like the nurse that was up there, she was very polite um and very uh attentive as well. Gave us time to visit. Um she was also a she's a Christian, you know, like she talked my and my sister is the same. Like my sister is very religious. Not to say that I'm not, but I'm not yeah. <laughs> like as religious. That, I'm not like on that level. So like they kind of talked and, you know, said like, Oh, you know, he'll be in a better place, which I do believe that. Like I, I really do. Um, and so we visited for a while. It was me, Katrina, Charlie, my brother, Ron and his wife, uh, my sister, Connie, and then my mom and, mm-hmm. and Scott ended up showing up my brother-in-law a little bit later. And we kind of visited and Scott was kind of like talking to us as well. Cause as an EMT, he can kind of tell like if look by looking at his levels, like what his condition is. And he, you know, he basically said like, uh, like it's not good. Um, yeah. so we visited for a while and, um, you know, my mom was like, uh, kind of asking like, Oh, you know, if, if we take him off of this, like, will he be in pain? Um, and she said, no, like it would basically be like if he were to fall asleep and not wake up, like he wouldn't know, you know, like mm-hmm. he's at the point where he's sedated, like they had like, a, it's called like a bear hugger, which basically like keeps them warm and keeps them like not moving around basically, uh, yeah. just keeps them comfortable. Uh, and he was on the oxygen. So she basically said like, if we took him off of this, like he would pass naturally and it would just be like, you know, he just be like gone basically uh be like f- just falling asleep be like one minute you're not one minute you're awake one minute you're asleep kind of thing uh, yeah. you don't really notice it uh so you know we thought about it for a little bit and um 
my dad like never wanted to be hooked up to a machine. Like he, mm-hmm. that was always his big thing, uh, which I totally understand. I'm the same Probably way. Probably a big rise against fan too. Then <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but so we, you know, we sat, we sat and we talked about it, and you know, ultimately, the decision was made. Like, uh, you know, we wanted to be on his, on his terms. Like, if if he were standing next to us, looking at himself, like, what would he say? And yeah. you know, like, he would want to go back on the normal oxygen and pass naturally. So mm. they, uh, they bumped up his morphine a little bit and they also bumped up his, uh, I think, uh, like a half dose of Ativan basically. Uh, yeah. so it was like, uh, the pain reliever and then to really like just calm him and keep him like, uh, sedated. So they, she, so she did IVs of both of those, put him back on the cannula uh, I think when she switched him over, it was about two in the morning and by, I think two ten or two fifteen was when his, like his breathing officially stopped. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, it was like kind of slow at first and like, <laughs> this is like going to sound bad, but, um, I was like thinking to myself, um, because like my dad was like the most stubborn person like you would ever meet. Like he's yeah. very nice. Like he was very nice he's and kind and, super, and gentle. Yeah. But he's very set in his ways. Like and when he makes a decision, like he's set on that and he's like, uh, you're not gonna change my mind. Yeah. And I I kept like I was literally watching the screen because basically they have a screen that shows his heart rate, right. his blood Oxygen. pressure and, and his uh breaths per minute. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, like his... It's like an Apple Watch for the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So, like, his levels, like, they would go down a little bit, and then they would go back up, and then they would go down a little bit more, and then they would go back up a little bit more. And, like, my thought was, like, dude, even at his last breath, like, he's still being <laughs> stubborn as fuck. <laughs> like, so fitting. Like, so fitting. Um, uh, but, you know, we, uh, you know, we stayed there uh, by outside of the door, obviously, you know, but, but by his side, but you know, yeah. um, in a way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was hard. I mean, obviously it was, it was hard. Um, no, it was an easy pass and it was a death. Like, well, you'll yeah. get a rip by next week. As anybody who has ever lost anybody knows. Yeah. yeah real, real, real easy one. <laughs> um, I got the call immediately. I mean, from your timeline that you're telling me, I remember I was the first to get the text because that's one of the reasons we had to push this too. And right. as soon as you texted me, I mean, I sobered up real quick. I wasn't drunk that night, but I was definitely buzzed. I remember that. And I was just like ready to bring on the new week. And um, yeah. I got that text and I was like, okay. Like everything stopped. So I messaged you back. I messaged, I even messaged Renee. Renee was the first person I messaged that night because I was like, okay, he doesn't, I'll let him do this on his timeline so I can tell two people. And the only two people I could tell were Renee and Charlie. So I messaged Charlie. I talked to you a little bit that night on and off. And then I texted Renee and let her know what was going on because I was like, hey, this is serious. Don't and told her about the uh, your, your dad's passing. I said, so don't have an emergency. 
in the next two weeks because I'm on standby right now. And she goes, I don't plan on having, like I've done that before with her. And I was like, I wanted to tell Sarah and Allison and the rest of my sisters, but I was like, I don't want to break the news to them right now. I'll let Ben post it or say who he wants to say to because it's a, obviously it's your life and it affects, it's in your timeline. So, but um, yeah, I would just, and then I checked on you the next day, checked on Charlie, made sure everything was good. And it's, I feel like right now too, like it's in that you're, you're in that mindset of like where you, you haven't processed it yet. And then I know tomorrow for the visitation, is the service also tomorrow or is that pushed or is he being cremated? Yeah, it's, it's all together. Yeah. So it's all together because, uh, yeah, he's being cremated. So it's basically going to be like, um, visitation. I probably for like an hour and then, uh, and then doing the service. Um, I don't exactly know the, the timeline, but yeah, that's yeah. basically how it's going to go. Um, and I was like the, the funeral and the visitation, that's what makes it real. And that's going to be yeah. like anybody who's ever lost anybody knows like it, it like, for me, like, I don't want to even compare the two, but I know, like, on Heather's last day, I no longer work with Heather, by the way, but Heather's last day, we still keep in touch. We still talk every day. It wasn't like losing somebody from my life, but it was some losing somebody that I spent 45 to 60 hours a week with to not working with her at all. And it was, to me, that was like a funeral. And I was like, on her last, well, I found out a week before like maybe five days before her last day that she was leaving and when i processed i was processed it but i was like okay it's not real yet it's not real yet it's not real yet on her last day well i (sighs) neither one of us could stop crying and all day i mean i woke up crying so we walked like everything was real her last day but i still hadn't processed it and she started taking photos with us and doing selfies and videos and then we yeah. literally, I beat the shit out of her on the floor and we were wrestling. And like the and when she was taking the photos, I started crying. I was like, no photos because the photos make it real. The photos mean it's real. And I didn't like reality. And <laughs> that's what, that was the hardest shit for me. Like it, I'm not comparing the two. If you're listening, that's not how many things I'm being in. <laughs> the topic. Ben knows I'm not, I was even going to take, make a transition joke and say, now that we're talking about Ben, Ben's dad passing. Let's talk about the time I got knocked out in a bowling alley, and then we can do a subway change. Like, no, I'm not being <laughs> insensitive to it, but it's like it doesn't hit you until you find that thing that makes it real, and it's just like, yeah, it it sucks. It it definitely it like is that way. Like, just the whole this whole week, um, from when he like. Uh, stopped breathing up until, I mean, you know, now, of course, it just, like, does, like, I've processed it, and I've come to terms with it, but just, like, it doesn't feel real, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I just keep thinking, like, this has to be, like, a dream or something, or, Mm -hmm. like, this has to be, like, a joke, (laughs) because, like, I just remember thinking in the hospital, like, uh, especially like I I thought the same thing, like when I went and visited beforehand, but also like when 
we were all visiting up there. I just kept thinking like this like this isn't fair. Like mm-hmm. it's so unfair. Um and the timing like, is impeccable on his end. Like out of all out of any other time of like you bad to take the harshest in the middle of February on the worst week of winter that we've had. Yeah. I mean just I all mean, that. Like, it, it just like I I kept thinking like I mean for multiple reasons you know like I felt like ups, like upset obviously but I felt like anger in a way too because it's like, one of the seven stages you know you know my dad like my dad was vaccinated uh, he you know he wore his mask he ne- he didn't really go anywhere you know he yeah. would go to the la laundromat to do his laundry or go to the grocery occasionally but you know, he was safe about, about it. And, you know, it, you know, the whole situation still ended up happening and it just like made me so angry. And it just like, you know, the whole episode where like we did a rant about anti-vaxxers and stuff, like it just like brought all those feelings back up to the surface because I just felt so angry that like this, I felt like this situation just could have been avoided. Um, and like it also just made me angry because like probably two weeks prior to it happening and also like uh the week leading up to it you know like my th- like what was heavy on my mind was like how much i hated that my dad was living on his own because like you know my dad was 85 like he was old uh he was a senior citizen <laughs> like uh, it's not to be insensitive, but you can know, you he just? Was old. I think after eighty, you just call him super seniors. I think yes. that's a new thing. He's a super yeah. senior. <laughs> so like, I was just like, I felt anger towards that because I'm like, you know, what if he f- like he did fall out of bed? You know, like what if he falls? What if something happens? Um, you know, he doesn't speak loudly. He can't hear very well. Like, how is he supposed to get? this information to somebody that can help, you know, if, if he finds himself in a time of crisis. Um, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, I knew he was stubborn. He hated asking for help. Um, you know, anytime I talked to him on the phone, uh, I'd ask him like, do you need anything? Do you want me to pick up groceries for you? Do you want me to like, I don't know, do you want to go to dinner? He's like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. I got everything I need, which I, I, you know, I believe that in a sense because my dad was like, he's not a materialistic person. And he's a very simple man. Like, it doesn't take much to make him happy. Like, you know, uh, he could just be sitting on, sitting at the kitchen table by himself eating a McDonald's cheeseburger. And that's like his, the best day of his week. Like, you know, like yeah. it doesn't take, it doesn't take much for him. But yeah, it, it's just been a lot of feelings this week. But at the same time, I just like, I don't feel like I've had much time to process it because there's just been like a lot of planning and stuff and like Mm -hmm. also like last minute little issues. Like I, you know, I'm not going to go into details, but like I had to take care of something, you know, uh, Wednesday while I was off work, I had to, you know, there was like a last minute thing and, you know, about the funeral. And so I had to like make calls and make trips and, a lot of big decisions really quick when that's happening. Yeah. And, it, and yeah, I, mean, I mean, big it really decisions is. and really quick. 
and you have to figure like you're you're not like okay let me take let me sleep it's not something like you you're like yeah okay let me get back to you let me sleep on it and i'll let you know in the morning it's like you gotta figure it out in the next 10 minutes dude like what do you want to do right now and you're like just i i remember having a friend who they had a preemie or a super preemie i think um like a sick like six weeks preemie like super and so she survived and they were going through this whole sorting process i'll make this one very quick but like when you have something of that serious situation that critical and these are new parents like i'm talking 22 year olds like that and they have a six-week-old preemie and now you have a team for this one baby and you are as an adult and the parents of this six-month premature baby you have to make these decisions right now and i remember talking to her about it and she was like it was the scariest probably two years of her life because even growing up like and coming through it the baby's doing great she's fine she's almost four and a half now if not five and doing incredible um but talking to her and listening to her story she was like that was the scariest and most stressful and frustrating like because you don't know You, you you're presented options here do you want the red pill or the blue pill pick now and you're like well what does this do you you it doesn't matter what it does like you're you're two pills pick one and it's like you hope it's like a coin flip you don't know what you're doing yeah yeah i mean um and just another thing like uh i mean we'll wrap up here pretty shortly we're, we're hitting over an hour but um yeah uh just to kind of like give some background we'll just talk on my dad a little bit but um I mean, for one, my dad dealt with depression his whole life. Um, You know, my sister told us about how when she was a kid, you know, and he was living up in Maine, uh, which, uh, fun fact, my dad is from the same city that Stephen King is from in Maine. So that's pretty cool. And I'm a big Stephen King fan. That is a fun fact. (laughs) Uh, So. Can we go to Maine this year? Let's go to Maine this year. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. That's kind of I do. I do want to go. I do want to go. Um, but Just, you think she, we could get Charlie out of the house for four days? Probably not. I would be pushing it to get him out for two days, but we'll it'd try. Be rough. It'd be rough. <laughs> it'd be, it'd, uh, it'd be very difficult. She, you know, she told us about as we were in the hospital, cause we, we hung out for a little bit and talked after, um, my one brother left, uh, God bless his soul. I mean, he, he was having a really hard time. Um, but we kind of stuck around and we we talked for a little bit and told stories about him and kind of joked around just to deal with you know the whole mess of the situation yeah. um, and just talk about you know cuz he was like, he was a big goofball and um but she would tell us about how he would come home from work and he would sit on the recliner in front of the TV the whole night and not talk mm-hmm. to anybody you know yeah um and what from the from outs, you know, like outside looking in, like you're like, Oh, you know, he just, he likes watching TV. He's addicted to TV. Like, no, like that's, that's depression, man. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it shows many forms and you know, we saw it growing up. Uh, he would have certain times where he would be in bed for two to three days and we could, you know, like mom could not get him to just get out of bed and, and get up, you know, have a meal, uh, get out of the house and other days, like, he would, you know, 
he would be fine, or at least he would put on a face and, and be act like he was fine, you know, yeah. for the most part. And, you know, it's, it's like the, that thing that it kind of like clicks for you where you're like, Oh, like, you know, depression really kind of is like a, you know, it runs in the family. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I've had many family members deal with it. Um, and my dad had a really rough bout with it and I rest easy knowing that like, he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Like he, he mm-hmm. doesn't have to deal with the pain anymore. He doesn't have to deal with the depression anymore. Um, and just and those, he fought it. Yeah. I mean, he was a fucking trooper. Like, honestly, yeah. 85 years know. of fighting that shit. And I'm like, I, I, I won my, I always said this, like with my grandma and like my, my, if anybody listens, this knows, uh, or wants to know fun fact, my, uh, lucky number, my favorite number is 72 for a significant purpose. So I always said, if I make it past 72, drop me dead before I hit 73. Because I was like, that's that's my that's my time clock. If I make it to seventy two, I'm not seeing seventy three. Like that's that I've been very adamant about that one. But well, my lucky number is twenty three, and I'm already past that. So. <laughs> oh, you're fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I uh, mean, at yeah. best you can flip the two and then go out at thirty two, but I'm not letting you go out at thirty two because I yeah. need you here. So you know, like I and I always thought growing up that like I couldn't relate to my dad because of, I mean, for one, the age gap and, you know, I always thought we were like so different, you know, and like growing up, I realized how, how alike we were. Um, for one, I, I'm a little, I'm swayed a little more easily, but I am stubborn at times. Um, I am also depressed, obviously. Um, you know, big reason why we're doing this podcast. Uh, and, the other thing is like, uh, just to talk up my dad a little bit, um, for one, uh, he ran a prison ministry. Uh, he would go to uh, Butler County Correctional and he would actually speak to the inmates there and like, you know, do sermons and stuff. And he would do that. Uh, I can't remember how often he would do it, probably like weekly for a while. Uh, he also ran a, um, homeless shelter slash well not a homeless shelter it was like a food pantry slash church for homeless people in hamilton uh mm-hmm. it was actually right across from the richards in uh yeah, yeah. on uh, on main street or high street i can't remember which one it is um, it doesn't matter yeah so basically like every sunday like he would have the doors open for them to come in like whenever if they needed food or coats or you know clothes socks whatever and then on Sundays, he would have a service. And then after the service, my mom would head over and they would make a bunch of food uh, for all these people. Uh, and so, like, he was always thinking about other people and, like, feeding other people, making sure everyone's good, and often would, you know, forget about himself. And, you know, thinking back, I'm like, I do the same shit all good the time. Night. Like, we both I am do. constantly like, are you good? Are you good? Are you good? But I don't take the time to be like, okay, am I good? Because <laughs> then, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, if I'm not, as long as the, I feel like as long as the people around me are good, like, it's, then I'm fine. Then I'm, I'm good. Uh, then, I'm <laughs> then I'm at least, I'm at least at peace. You know, I can deal with my own shit on my own time. 
But as long as the people that I care about are comfortable, happy, and, you know, a belly full of food, then I'm good. (laughs) I'm good for the night. At least I can make it to the next day knowing that people that I care about are are good at least. So, um, yeah, dedicate this episode to, to my dad. He was a great guy. I'll miss him a ton. Absolutely. Um, I'll wrap it up real quick on a uh, story of one of my coworkers and so bleeping her name out. We're just going to call her Connie. Her name is not Connie, but Connie uh, picked her up from uh, her house yesterday, uh, drove her to work and she is a minor on my front end team, but uh, she, I developed a very personal connection to her very quickly on when she started working at our store um and uh just felt like the the way that i feel with females everybody listening understands this like i i am very attracted to females on an emotional and empath level as well as the protecting level um i I, females female harassment female mental health uh bullying abuse anything in the female realm because i was raised by females i have tremendous amount of respect for them so when i see a female that has the potential talent is smart charismatic or it just is personal to me i very i quickly attach myself to them uh in a non-romantic way but an emotional way and so connie is one of those people well when i picked her up yesterday from work and took her to work and granted for those listening i have a uh, gopro dash cam that was on recording the entire time for my pr- uh, protection and hers so nobody thinks like anything like uh, anyway shut up um well we had a heart to heart for the 10 minute car ride to work and talking about her personal life her home life and she we have been messaging a lot just with things that some stress and some duress that she's been under with her home life and personal life and in the car we had that 10 minute talk and it was a hard heart that left her in tears and i found out and discovered so much more about her and that i had no idea because she opens up to me and she trusts me and that's how i am with any female i've ever met that i'm i'm always the safe guy i'm always the safety guy i'm literally wearing the sweatshirt right now which we will drop a photo of soon um it's going to be a good photo whether it's five people with me or three people i want to get this photo because it's going to be a statement photo especially when i'm back on social media which will be this weekend i'm going to get back on social media i think i'm done with my hiatus so um but a long story short to say that opening her opening up to me and realizes like I still serve a purpose again and it's to protect the ones I love um it goes uh, for all females in my life all eight active sisters the 22 count that I may I have a list I literally have a wall on a list of people that I swear an oath to protect at all costs because their life and their feelings and their emotional health is so important so much more important to me than my own is because i look at some of the suffering that they're enduring i know the suffering that i've endured whether it be verbal domestic like anything that i've gone through and the worst that i've gone through trauma wise i take it personally and i'm like okay i know i've suffered and i know i'm depressed i know i feel this way and it hurts and it kills me 
but I know how I deal with it and manage it. And so if I can be that one person for that other, if I can be that person for one person or one life, like the whole reason we do this podcast and to protect them, I'm going to be there for them when they call. Uh, me and Nicole bring this bit back. Me and Nicole are doing great. Like we have reconnected, not that we ever disconnected, but we are we are being more connected and communicating more, talking more. And she's been opening back up to me about things. Um, Connie, as well as one person that I, even though she's one of my minor coworkers, I still message her and everything is in message. So there's, I'm very, very careful because I don't like dealing with minors. I, it's a gray area, it's a slippery slope. And a lot of people, I, I, I'm very cautious of it. So don't worry, I'm following every precaution of it. If you're listening and you think, oh, that's dangerous. It's like, I know. But I also have been doing this for, what, six, seven years now. So I kind of know what the fuck I'm doing, not to brag. Um, But protect at all costs. Um, With Sarah Tolley, with Allison, with Lindsay, the PAAC started in Cincinnati. And I was one of the founding, I was the founding big brother father of it. And so PAAC means to protect at all costs. And to me, that means make sure that everybody before me or around me is okay emotionally, okay physically, and they know that if they call day or night and call my phone, they are on emergency bypass and I pick up no matter what, especially if they are in a situation that they want to get out of. So I always struggle to find my sense of purpose in life um and i some days i wake up and i say i have no purpose and that's the depression that's all that shit talking but then when i have somebody like connie who opens up to me who tells me about things who invokes trust in me and knows that i'm not gonna touch them i'm not gonna you know make a pass at them i'm just a safe guy and somebody who's the sole purpose for them is to mentor them, protect them, and be a friend and a honest or trustworthy person with them and a leader towards them. Uh, that's when I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing something right. And I think that's something that, like, it's always been one of my core values. And everybody who's met me understands that, knows that. And if you haven't, just come talk to me because you'll find out very quickly. And that kind of ties back into what Ben said. Like, went, as soon as he got the call, I sobered up real quick. I said, what do you need from me? I checked on him daily. I made sure everything was okay. And then I dropped my, like, I was, I told him in text, and we can put it on the Instagram page that does, it doesn't exist at this point because it hasn't been touched. But I said, I will quit my job and my, lose my sponsorships for you if you need me like I nothing matters except family to me because that's why I have it on my arm without family and the family that I have created and the family that took me in and gave me everything it's my turn to give that back so family is one of my biggest values um it should be God and then family but that's a different conversation for a different podcast so yeah that's my end of the rant uh end of the rant end of the end shit and that's my end note yeah i have only <laughs> just, had one beer i'm so tired it's, it's dude, pure I, tiredness 
I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know. Like, I am tired. But, like, I, I had this uh, this IPA. It's a uh, 6%. So, like, not that bad. But, like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling it pretty heavy right now. Well, so. IPAs are super heavy anyway. So, it's not yeah. the APV. It's just that, dude. So, <laughs> go off that. Uh, last night, uh, Heather bought me around Christmas this. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I have the bottle lying around here somewhere, but it's, it's this, uh, it's, it says, mar- it's a strawberry margarita mix wine cocktail is what it's called, but it has a got a diagave in it and it tastes more like a margarita, but it literally on the label says margarita wine cocktail. And I'm like, okay, so I'm drinking it and I'm like, I'm not sure what the fuck I'm drinking. And it's a bottle and it's 13.9%, which <sighs> is high. Yeah. But by volume, I'm thinking, okay, well, 13.9 by volume. And then I'm like, well, I drink five truly a night and that's 25%. So 13.9% is nothing. Well, then I didn't factor in, I'm not drinking a beer through the whole night and like i don't i don't drink it in an hour don't i'm not that type of alcoholic it took me several and it was just a decompressed night after the week that i went through but i finish it and i go to bed and i'm not really drunk like off of it like i'm i'm buzzed but i'm not drunk drunk and i go to bed and i wake up and the hangover was so real and i was like okay it was definitely a margarita then because wine hangovers for me, I'm very chill. I'm zen. I'm calm. No, that is suck this morning. So that's, uh, is that our weird ending of the podcast? <laughs> we just, we just talked about two serious things and then we talked about our alcohol problems and drinking and now we're going to end it. Yep. I I'll think just that's say, I'll just say, if you're dealing with loss right now, just know that, well, I'm not even going to say just know that it's going to get easier because it fucking sucks. Let's be honest. But yeah. like I have found so much solace in just surrounding myself with my support system mm-hmm. and just like letting people know what's on my mind. Um, yeah. And like, not to, I'm not even putting him on blast because I actually like really appreciated it and I was like blown away. But a couple days after I posted about my dad, uh, Garrett from Silent Planet messaged me on Facebook, uh, you know, you know, said, you know, sorry for your loss, sent a paragraph and actually sent me his uh, personal cell phone number and said, you know, text me if you ever want to talk. And actually did text him and, and we chatted for a little bit. And um, I was just very appreciative because he didn't have to go out of his way to do that. You know, like yeah. we've, met bef- we've met before, but like we're not like close. Like he doesn't really like know me personally other than, you know, what I've talked to him about. Um, but, you know, I was just I've just been very appreciative in general of like people reaching out and just asking how I'm doing. Um mm-hmm. Cause I just, I, I think it's just like super important to, um, just surround yourself with, with that support system, you know, with my family, like with my, my siblings, um, with, you know, Katrina, with, uh, 
my group chat, shout out the group chat. Um, you know, they've been super supportive and just like, uh, reaching out and just like giving words of, of, uh, just love and, you know, thoughts, prayers and everything has been very much appreciated. And, you know, I'll never take that for granted. So, you know, just if you're dealing with loss, just surround yourself with your loved ones, surround yourself with people that are going to reach out to you, but also are going to give you your time, you know, to process things and take it take multiple days off work. Like, honestly, I took three days off work. I probably could have taken the whole week off and it wouldn't have been enough. But like, even if your even if your job doesn't pay you bereavement time, just take the fucking days off. Like take Mm -hmm. your time to just sit and be in the, like be with your feelings. And, you know, I have this like horrible habit of, staying busy to like push my emotions back so that I'm not thinking about it. And that's just like, it's so dangerous to do that. You know, I think you should really like sit with your feelings and like actually process rather than like, Oh, well I'm going to do this instead. So I'm not thinking about it anymore. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Distraction running. That's how I am. I'm always going to runner, but we talked about that. Yeah. And I will also say this, if you are struggling and you feel like, well, what support system, I don't have anybody in my life. I feel so alone. And I'm like uh, Ben's dad alone in an apartment just by myself and shut out the world. Um, you don't have to do that. You can message us, uh, yeah, mhmpod.com, uh, Karsten Long, K-A-R-S-T-N Long on Facebook. Uh, messenger is always open even when i'm not on social media I always have messenger open uh ben trailer on facebook um all of our instagram links are on the mhmpod.com uh website as well um well, that's what we're here for we've we started this with a reason or the reason is turning out to be with purpose so please don't feel like you're alone don't shut people out and it's never the right idea to bottle it in because I'm, I wanted to let Ben run away this show uh, mostly because the more, I, I think it's been very important when you go through something like this, you, the more you talk about it, I'm not saying the easier it gets, but the more it, it gets familiar and you're saying it out loud and you're acknowledging it because yeah. even with the seven stages of grief and denial and being real, um, I think that it's, it's very important to just be open about how you feel. And that's why I didn't really interrupt them this week, uh, for once. So you guys are lucky that this was a serious one for the most part. And you don't have really an opening tidbit of you. you won't, we probably won't have an opening clip this week, but that's okay. It just, the talk about it. The more you talk about it, the, more it becomes familiar and the more you get to acknowledge it just like what's that fucking movie with will smith the one where he was like his his daughter died and he doesn't even say it until the end and he goes to that uh therapy session but just like that and he he finally acknowledges it and says that what men what in is black, it? men in men in black right yeah, that one. The one with the alien. <laughs> and, uh, or no, no, no. It was the one with this uh, sun and they go to a different planet and there's some fucking dinosaurs and the one that epically failed. But, oh, oh God. God. Uh, um, 
uh, After Earth. Wow, why did I remember that so quickly? I haven't even watched that movie. Anyway, that's a good ending. I got a fart. There you go. There's your <laughs> one clip for them. Getting... Uh, we let this one run away, but like we said, there is no agenda. We keep no time frames. I had the time, and that I, for the first time ever, um, even though we're doing a Zoom call, I'm not going into back into work after this podcast. I thought about it. I think that I, I, I thought about it. That's double truck tonight. I didn't do my job closing. I was out of energy, and I thought about it going back in, but I'm not doing it. And also, I've already admitted to drinking, so I can't. So there's that. That's fun. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, we love you, and we want you to take care. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your health. And remember to take care of yourself, too. Uh, taking care of others is ingrained in all of us, and me and Ben are naturals at it, but... Um, and I want to add one thing that is going to sound random, but um, I think it's, it's kind of serious that people forget about. Don't forget to drink water during the winter um, and stay hydrated. Yeah. It's one stay of those hydrated. things where like I've, I've definitely noticed like in the winter time, like I slow down with water, but make sure you're still drinking your water and staying hydrated in the winter. Um, if you live anywhere in a cold environment, which is, a majority of our listeners yeah just drink some water today so yeah uh ben keep me on zoom but you can go ahead and pause it and uh yeah love you guys bye all right bye